Welcome to the Dermastore Podcast. A chat about all things skincare, skin health. And if you're a real skin nerd, we, we hope, hope you'll, you'll join, join the, the conversation. conversation. Welcome to the seventh episode of the Dermastore Podcast. Hey, Laura, what's happening? Good morning, Greg. I'm great, thanks. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very chilly day here in Cape Town. Been raining a lot. Oh, I love it. Someone told me once that it's so nice to live in a city because I'm from Johannesburg and it really does... The sun shines 365 days a year. And so you don't really feel the season change, even though winter's bitterly cold. Cape Town, yeah, the seasons change. And that's what I love about Cape Town, because there's a different mood for every season. I really enjoy running, and I run on the promenade maybe three times a week, and every morning seems like a different run. Yeah, and the wardrobe, and it's the, the environment, the mood. Yeah. So yeah, it's been cozy and cold and wet, but it's been wonderful. Yeah. So let's kick off today's very important uh, episode with uh, our tradition. What did you use this morning? This morning, we have had a lot of fun with testing a very unusual type of product for us, um, with a cleansing product. So I used uh, this cleansing bar. Okay. And... Sure, it took me way out of my comfort zone using this product because um, we traditionally use, you know, gel cleanser or a foaming cleanser. So um, I used that as my cleanser this morning and then I used CE Ferulic as nice. my morning antioxidant, which was... I don't know if I also in my if it's just in my mind, but I was like, oh my gosh, look how radiant my skin yeah. is looking. It's amazing if you just use that product every day for like a week, what the transformation your skin goes through. Yes. So I'm so happy um, that I'm using that. And then I used the Jorgob uh, white, tea, white tea balancing oh, nice. cream, which, oh. Yeah, it just goes on like a dream. Uh, and then I used uh, La Roche-Posay UV Immune 400 Invisible Fluid. Okay, mm. cool. I used, I'll actually add in a little bit of shampoo and conditioner in this one. Uh, this Dr. Barbara Sturm anti-aging uh, shampoo, which is fantastic. It's very low foaming, which I love. I think way too many shampoos are too focused on surfactants and strip your hair. I find that a lower foaming shampoo that offers quite a lot of hydration works um, and it just it almost feels like a skincare product that you're putting on your hair which I wow. love that sort of synergy between skincare and hair care I always say the two should work hand in hand and then the conditioner is also very nice and then I just used the CeraVe cream to foam cleanser and I kept it very simple this morning with I wanted to test a new serum that we've launched on Dermastore on its own and I didn't apply anything else <gasps> Yeah, and that was the Endocare, is it the hydrating serum? Oh, yes, the, the hydrating protocol, part the of protocol the protocol. shots, yeah. yeah. You know why? I just wanted to test yeah, what it would on do its own. on its own. Just and how, how, how are we going? It feels good, Excellent. but it, it was feeling good going into after cleansing, so it wasn't mm. feeling tight or dry. I think that's because of the CeraVe cleanser, but it's so far so good. So kicking off today's episode, we are talking about hyperpigmentation. We're calling it the hyperpigmentation playbook. Everything you need to know in one podcast session, which we'll just cover the most important topics on this. It's obviously a very large subject, um, but we do think it's going to be helpful for customers who are struggling with various types of hyperpigmentation, what to look out for, and the kind of treatment protocols we would recommend. So joining us in the podcast studio, once again, our in-house dermatologist, 
psychologist, Dr. Ian Webster. How are you, Dr. Webster? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Thanks for joining us again. How would you describe hyperpigmentation? I mean, can you can you define it? So hyperpigmentation just means uh, dark marks on your skin. So it could be on your face or your body. Hypopigmentation is paler marks. So that's all it means. So uh, hyper is darker marks, of which there are quite a few causes. I think that's the, the challenge here, eh, is how do we get hyperpigmentation? And there are so many triggers that are causing the skin to change in color. Yeah, exactly. So in each one, that's why it's important to have a proper consultation to identify which type of hyperpigmentation you have because the treatment of each one is slightly different and I can just maybe just list them the freckles there's solar lentigenes, there's melasma, and there's PIH, or post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. So we can discuss each one of those. Does hyperpigmentation, so the darker marks in skin, does it, is it different between a darker skin tone versus a lighter skin tone? Is it, why do we, why do they present differently? They do. People with a darker phototype, if you get bitten by an insect or get a burn, that's the way the skin reacts. Because you've got more melanin, you can more likely, a person with a darker skin type is more likely to leave a brown mark mm -hmm. if you have a, a burn on your or insect bite. It's just a, it's a, it's a fact. Because they have more melanin present in their yeah. skin. Okay. Yeah. And the skin is more reactive. Okay. Yeah. And so in a lighter skin, we are, we do see pigmentation hyperpigmentation but it might take longer to see that pigmentation yes, yeah. um, or it might not be as visible or as dark exactly so okay. people with a darker phototype might have mild acne but it leaves a, a marked pih so it's it's they might have the act the original disease might be mild but it leaves a disfiguring uh, post-inflammatory pigmentation. It's almost a form of a scar, isn't it? Is, it is, yeah, okay. yeah. Is it true that hyperpigmentation is very closely linked, and we've just touched on this, to inflammatory skin diseases? It is. And it is. because they have a similar mechanism within the skin, the melanocyte, which is producing melanin, similarly to the Langerhorn cell, which is sort of your fighter little cell, your inflammatory cell, they're both responding to injury to the skin. Exactly. So it is even melasma now, more research has shown it's related to inflammation. Wow. So a lot of the, the ingredients we use have got anti-inflammatory properties. Okay, yeah. so they have multiple functional exactly. uh, benefits. Well, yeah. that can be used as preventative treatment as well. It can, definitely, definitely. And yeah. that's, I think, the best place to start i don't think we, we focus on that enough no. there's, there's some brands starting to do more focusing more on that and i think that's great and at least this way if you know you're prone to it so almost all darker skin phototypes should be using some sort of anti-inflammatory care yes and a preventative thing if, if a woman with a darker phototype is pregnant she must be meticulously uh, use the correct sunscreen yeah um, because obviously prevention is better than treatment. Absolutely, yeah. um, and more cost-effective. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's quickly kick off um, with a, a simple one, um, and then we can go into the slightly more complex um, hyperpigmentation skin disorders. But, for example, my best friend, her face is speckled with freckles. And so I just want to sort of clear up the... The idea of freckles is not something that you actually can remove completely from no. your skin. So it often occurs in people with a sort of Celtic reddish blonde hair and freckles or Irish extraction. 
and it's a sort of physiological thing so it often occurs in children most times adults often the freckles fade and I have people who come to me patients who say I want you to get rid of my freckles but you can't really mm. um, they often the freckles will get darker in the summer and paler in the winter and um, some people just don't like them you can do laser like IPL that will temporarily lighten the freckles but they will get they will come back again so I, I generally Tell the patients, accept it. Learn, <laughs> learn to so love do, them. Do, yeah, exactly. Um, so, do sunscreens work for freckles? Yes, it'll prevent that darkening. Yeah. If if you use that that sunscreen, you, your freckles are not going to go dark in the summer. Okay. Yeah, because it's, it's seasonal. Your freckles, freckles by definition are paler in the winter, darker in the summer. Okay. So yeah. sunscreen is the, what we're looking yeah. for yeah. here. Okay, yeah. great. And then solar lentigines, or the easier layman's term, sunspots. Could you tell us a little bit more about these? Yeah, so that is from the sun. So they're, they're freckles that often occur in the exposed areas, often on the face and the back of the hands. You know, people sometimes call them liver spots or age spots, um, but they are just from, it's from chronic sun exposure. And um, they're often round, brown little lesions on the face and the back of the hands. Um, and they are e fairly easily treatable with, you can, can do cryotherapy, freeze with liquid nitrogen, or you can do IPL laser. The problem is sometimes some darker freckles can become malignant, and they can develop into something called lentiger maligna, which is a, the earlier stages of a malignant mm. melanoma. And do solar lentigines affect all skin tones? It tends to occur more in people with a fairer skin, with okay. more paler skin. Yeah. And that have ha been exposed With to chronic, a lot of sun So exposure. it's usually on all the exposed Chron areas, yeah. often on the face. Back of the hands. Back of the hands. And often drivers of a car in South Africa, it's often more on the right-hand side of the face. Okay. Yeah. It's something that and you mentioned such a valuable point, Greg, of prevention. Because I know that mm. I have that typical skin tone that um, needs to prevent those sunspots from developing, especially on my hand. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want those yeah. aged tans. So <laughs> I've become really self-conscious and aware of using sunscreen on my hands and my chest and of course my face. Exactly, so I think that's something we all need to take uh, note of is prevention, better than cure. But let's move on to the next big one, which is melasma. How do I know if I've got melasma? So melasma usually occurs in women and it's essentially there's a couple of trigger factors, hormonal factors, pregnancy, estrogen containing contraceptive pills, um, sunlight, and it's your skin phototype. So it tends to occur in people with a darker skin. So you've listed quite a long list now of what the triggers could possibly be. And I would really want to stress this to our listeners is that melasma is a multifactorial skin condition and that there's no just one sort of reason as to why that we can eliminate and all of a sudden your melasma will fade away so they're based essentially just two types of melasma there's what we call epidermal melasma where that pigment is just sitting in the epidermis and then the longer the the melasma is present for it, it, it the pigment falls from the epidermis into the dermis and that's called dermal melasma and that is more difficult to treat and often people have a combination of what we call epidermal and dermal melasma so a woman might 
fall pregnant, get a bit of pigmentation, and then use the sunscreen, and that epidermal form of melasma can actually disappear on its own. There was actually that um, clinical study that we had researched uh, recently that they did a trial with pregnant women that were just using um, mineral sunscreens during the their pregnancy um, period, and the reduction in melasma or the onset of melasma had was drastically reduced just from wearing a sunscreen. Um, and what are the kind of ingredients and products you would, I mean obviously there's a full spectrum of treatment, you can't really do chemical peels or lasers with melasma, especially in darker skin types? No, I, I don't like doing that. So number one, the patient needs an assessment. You know, in my rooms, I take a history. So if, for instance, the woman is taking an estrogen-containing oral contraceptive, I would maybe recommend that be changed for something else. And then you do emphasize the, the sunscreens. And for melasma, you want a broad-spectrum sunscreen, one that covers high-energy visible light. So it might need a bit of iron oxide. And the newer generation sunscreens with the longer UVA filters. So you must use... Uh, a good sunscreen and then in my office my mainstay especially if I think it's dermal melasma I do prescribe hydroquinone but that's got to be given under medical prescription and medical supervision and that works extremely well and then I'm so sorry to interrupt so that's just an acute treatment hey? yes yeah okay. we, we, we do generally use it for about maximum about four to six months and actually that so that's a great treatment protocol that I know that you encourage and um, prescribe but the most important protocol is the one they're after hey exactly so it, because it, it's a chronic relapsing condition so unfortunately for dermal melasma there's no quick fix you know it's a chronic condition I'll often start off with the hydroquinone and then I will wean the patient onto a non-hydroquinone product and then we've got on Dermastore we've got so many different fantastic ingredients you know like tranexamic acid uh, azelaic acid niacinamide they're fantastic and there's various combinations exactly and we we like to recommend like you mentioned taking a history and getting a background as to how this patient's melasma has become will often guide us on how we recommend and what we recommend to the patient if it's i don't think you get such thing but a full-blown <laughs> melasma you know it's quite a comprehensive yeah. day night regime for them to use including their sunscreen and i try push it and tell them to use it three times a day <laughs> treatment can become quite complex um and so what what is the biggest thing for a patient who's about to start their melasma treatment? Well, I think it's to understand if they've got dermal melasma, this is a, a long process. It's not a quick process to have realistic expectations. It's a, it's a chronic process and uh, you've just got to get into a regime that suits you. And again, I think depending upon your skin type, you might want a non-hydroquinone product that's more a serum some people might want a cream and obviously at different price points you know but you've got to be consistent and you've got to use that that, that sunscreen regularly i always say to my patients if you just have one day in the sun without proper sunscreen we start you back to square one again no then you start, way yeah then you start the process from the beginning so you started your treatment in january we had a bad sun day in july I'm going back to January. Exactly. And often the patients will tell you, wow. you know, I was on holiday in Greece or I was on holiday in a sunny place and that one day I didn't put sunscreen on. I remember that day. Wow. And then I had, I've got 
and now I've got the melasma. That's devastating for a lot of people, I think, because you yeah. go to all that time, effort, and energy and, and work. But yeah, I think focusing on routines is so important. And I think one thing, going back to the preventative thing, is that if you're prone to pigmentation, use care that addresses it. And consistently, it doesn't have to bat the lights out in terms of, you know, lots of active ingredients. But we have so many wonderful ranges on Dermastore that I can think of that can just be used as maintenance and as preventative care. I think too often people come onto our support and they're like, oh, I've got pigmentation, but it's almost not too late, but you know, you've got to start this whole journey. Mm. Um, and it's very overwhelming and it's quite scary for that patient, but let's not get there, guys. Start young, start using care that can actually help from very early on. So a really big, concern that we often daily see on support dr webster is prh um, and it's it's uh, mentioned they say dark marks or they have blemishes on their skin and you can typically see when we request for an image or a photo of their concern it is typically post acne marks um how do we how do we treat and, and help this patient from the beginning yeah so i think as I said before, often people with a darker phototype, they might have mild acne, but it leaves these dark marks. So in those patients, you've got to treat the acne quite aggressively. I tend to treat more vigorously and aggressively because I know it is going to leave the, leave the dark marks. But then they need to use products that can be preventative, and obviously they must use the sunscreens. Okay, so it's really important. And why you want to treat the acne aggressively is because you want to prevent that PIH from coming on too strongly. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And so, and then what is so amazing, Greg, I mean, the products that we see now on Dermastore to help with acne yeah. have started to include yes. um, skin brightening ingredients. Totally. I mean, some of the brands that we're recommending on our support are... Um, brands like Marty Derm, the DSP Bright Pigment Zero range has, for example, in the day cream, there's a high factor uh, broad spectrum sunscreen, there's tranexamic acid, niacinamide, kojic acid, uh, there's vitamin C, there's ferulic acid. I mean, just all, in the day cream, just in the with day the cream, sunscreen, with the sunscreen That's SPF, all you need. SPF 50. Um, in the night cream, you've got alpha hydroxy acids, phytic acid, which helps reduce melanin synthesis, and you've got hexanol, resorcinol. So that's a powerhouse also. And then obviously in the DSP illuminating uh, serum, which is actually more of a maintenance serum, which you would actually use post using the DSP bright ampules, which are the main tranexamic acid treatment. Uh, product in that range the pigment zero serum is nice once you've done with the pigment zero um, bright ampules you would move on to the illuminating serum and that contains hexarosorcinol phytoic acid and i think it's really important that people start to think about routines so yes you can use a one hero product but actually working together with a good treatment based uh, product in the morning a sunscreen and a night product the whole routine is, is going to work. It's vital. And I know it feels like it's initially quite a big layout in the beginning. But the mm. challenge is, and this is what we've said, and this is what Dr. Webster said, is there are so many triggers that are working 24 hours a day. 
it never stops. So your routine has to also work 24 hours a day. So really important that we look at this routine that is focused throughout the day and night. If we are prone to melasma or hyperpigmentation, PIH, it's important to make sure that your broad spectrum sunscreen is covering the adequate wavelengths, especially like you mentioned, high energy visible light, because that what we've seen from studies is what's triggering the pigmentation. And also, I think a lot of mistake a lot of people make with the darker skin type, they get maybe an insect bite or a burn, a thermal burn on their, on their hand, they will put an antibiotic cream on, but then they forget to put the sunscreen on. And then it leaves a, a nasty brown mark. So I think that's important. Again, it's the sunscreen. It's uh, amazing how sunscreen is actually such a dominant treatment product. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And often they will maybe use things like tissue oil or, or things that they think is helping for scarring, mm. but they forget to put the sunscreen on. And aren't there a few oils and tissue oils that actually can make the PIH worse? They can, yeah. So a lot of botanicals, especially if they've got any fragrance in it, you can get what we call a photocontact dermatitis. So mm. it's, the, it's the, uh, the oil, the botanical plus sunlight can also cause pigmentation. Mesoesthetics is really strong in this category because of their concentrate with tranexamic acid. Yeah. It's a standout treatment ingredient. Look for the active ingredients like your vitamin C, mm. your azelaic acid, which is an, a powerhouse when it comes to acne and pigmentation. Um, so a product like the SkinCeuticals Phyto A Brightening yes. um, Moisturizer is a key product for us with PIH. Sunscreen covering that full spectrum is La Roche-Posay UV Immune 400. Um, they're covering up to 400 nanometers um, on the spectrum. And then... I just think you can't go wrong with the vitamin C serum, Greg. Yeah, I totally agree there. I mean, it just does so much. Whenever you're looking at it, at building a skincare routine around pigmentation, include a vitamin C because we know how well it can work. Floritin in the SkinCeuticals range. Modiderm's got a number of vitamin C ampule options. We've got so many options on Dermastore. Just have a look uh, at our ingredients page. Vitamin C, we break it down according to skin type, skin concern, uh, concentration, if it's a derivative, if it's a pure vitamin C. And if you feel... <laughs> very overwhelmed about what greg just said please just pop us a message on chat support we want you to make better decisions for your skin health that is our objective at dermastore so yeah any questions we're always open to to answering okay dr webster any parting tips before we wrap up this episode i think if you've got uh, hyperpigmentation i think important thing is to get a, a proper assessment as to which type of hyperpigmentation. So as I've explained before, because each treatment is slightly different. I think that's the most important thing. And if you have a darker phototype, I think it's important to use the right products, sun avoidance, sun protection, sunscreens, to prevent hyperpigmentation. So I think that's a key, is the prevention. Absolutely. Thanks, Dr. Webster, and thanks, Laura, for joining on today's episode. We will be back again with another exciting topic very soon. Don't forget to subscribe if you're keen to learn more about what we have to say. We would also really love your thoughts, ideas, and any questions you have for future episodes. You can email us on pod at dermastore.co.za.